There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Bench with Bubba. This is episode 17. And this is a special episode. This is your NFL Conference Championship Edition. And for the Conference Championship Edition I'll be joined by two Sports DGENs members, Power D Pick Duncan and Doc at Positive underscore Vig will both be joining me. Duncan, Doc, how are you both doing tonight? Doing all right. How are you? Good. Good, good, good. Uh, first off, Duncan, my condolences on your past weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, I've gotten a lot of either – Suck it, or man, I'm sorry, over the last few days, so it's all right. And um, for those of you that decided to tune in or will tune in, you will see Doc is wearing his beanie. Congratulations, Doc. Hopefully the congratulations are in store after this weekend. We'll see. (laughs) They will see. All right, before we get into last weekend's action and this weekend's action, Let's get into some uh, – some stuff's gotten real interesting. The coaching carousel picked up in a big, big way. Let's start in Southern California with your Los Angeles Rams. They went young. They went into 30-somethings. Mr. McVay got hired. I know Doc wanted to talk about the coaching carousel. So we'll start with you. What are your takes on um, the Rams and the McVay hiring? Uh, I just want to say one thing. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't get this hire at all. I'm sorry, but when you're 30 years old and you have limited coaching experience in the NFL, you're not going to be ready for this job. You're just not. Um, there's just too much responsibility. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head how old Josh McDaniels was when he took the, took the Denver, Denver job. And um, I'm sure he chalked that up as a learning experience, but um, I think this is going to be just a tremendous failure. And I, I, I don't understand their thinking here. I don't. Um, you want to bring in a guy that has experience to mentor a young quarterback um, and Jared Goff. I don't get it. I like the Wade Phillips uh, defensive coordinator hire. I think that's very, very, I think that's a solid move. So apparently they're switching to a three, four, um, but, uh, and they have the players on defense to um, the personnel to fit the three, four, but um, as far as uh, McVeigh or whatever the hell his name is. Um, That's it. Yeah, you got I, it. I, uh, yeah. I, I don't get it, man. I just, I, I was like, wow. Blown away. Well, Duncan, you, you got to see him run the offense on you twice a year with the Redskins. Do you have any personal opinions on this kid, McVeigh? Because to me, he's a kid. He's actually younger than me. This is ridiculous. Um, I kind of feel bad for um, just the Rams and their fan base. Um, not their organization, because their organization is obviously a mess. But I feel bad for the fans, because... I mean, maybe if they'd have gone after a big coordinator name like Matt Patricia or something, then that could have given a bit of optimism. But this just kind of says, let's just hold the fort for a year or two. Let's kind of see how things go. Like, it's not an optimistic hire. It's a, 
we're going to try as much as we can to go completely opposite of Jeff, of Jeff Fisher. Hope it works. But if it doesn't, they're just going to hire someone else probably in 2017 or 2018. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is uh, golf looked kind of lost at times, but like Roman, I talked about on the last episode, there's no offensive line for the kid. There's no weapons for the kid. He wasn't a number one worthy pick. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of problems for the Rams period. Um, a head coach isn't going to solve these issues. So maybe they're trying to find youth to relate to youth. That's the only thing I can think of to make this work. Um, all in all, the Rams are going to be the Rams. The only good thing out of it, the only good thing out of it is Wade Phillips has a lot of nice toys on the defensive end. So hopefully yeah. they can hopefully they can go Tampa Bay Bucks and win ten to nine games. That's uh, the only thing. Yeah, uh, that's going to be their only hope, honestly. Um, I don't know if anybody caught the news conference for the, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers when they introduced their new head coach, Anthony Lynn, but that was one for the ages. Uh, first off, he already screwed up San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. He's dropping cuss words. Um, it was gold. All, all, absolute gold. Um, if anybody saw it, go for it. But we'll start with you, Duncan. What's your take on this guy? Because I knew nothing about him, but he's definitely a Rex Ryan disciple. I'll tell you that he, much. Yeah. Um... He kind of looked like a, a a thinner black version of Rex Ryan, um, and uh, the way he sounded just looked like he's been right out of the, the Rex Ryan school of coaching. Um, I I definitely like this hire more than the McVay hire um, because I think he's going to bring um, kind of a bit of a not toughness but maybe roughness to the Chargers, and they've kind of been seen as a you know, kind of a flimsy, um, should be better than they are, um, really good at losing close games franchise over the last, you know, not since Phillip Rivers has been there, mainly in the last like three or four years when they probably should have been contending for a playoff spot and then they win four or five games. So I think um, from a from a competitive, from a, a, a rough side of it, I think he was a good hire. Um but outside of that, you know, I think that was kind of another there, – there just weren't many good candidates this year. And teams who either got rid of coaches early or just weren't very good, they just had limited options. Um, and this kind of seems like a limited option higher, but it's definitely like it better than the Bay higher. Doc, what do you think about that with uh, Anthony Lynn to the Chargers? Um, I kind of uh, agree with uh, Duncan. Um, I like the hire somewhat. Um, I do think he'll bring like an element of toughness um, to the team. Um, they have a lot of like solid young guys on the defensive end. They got, you know, Bosa and um, um, uh, Jatavius Brown was a, had a solid rookie campaign. Um, and then you got, um, God, his name escapes me. The guy with the, they got catfished. Uh, um, Manti, Manti. Yeah. Uh, so they got him, you know, they got a, they got a, got a lot of good young guys on the defensive uh, end of the football. So uh, I kind of like the hire. I, I think it's kind of a, it was a little bit of a head scratcher at first, but like D says, I think the, uh, I think the pool is a little bit, uh, the coaching pool is a little bit shallow and um, they had to go in some direction. So when I go out of the Rex Ryan tree, so um I don't mind it. I mean, I guess the jury's gonna jury's gonna be out for a while, but we'll see. We'll see. It could be. It could end up being a good thing. Yeah, um, they definitely need some kind of physicality or identity because the, they definitely weren't closers, and they definitely didn't drink coffee because coffee is for closers. So uh, they need something there. So um, speaking of teams that need an identity, and they definitely kept a version of an identity. They are the Jaguars, and they stayed the Jaguars because. They brought in Doug Maroney, and so they are going to stay the Jaguars. Um, Doc, what do you have to say about this one? I love it. I love the hire. I love it. I do. Um, this, um, as a fan of um, years, um, I went to the Pinstripe Bowl a couple years back, um, 2010-11, and they played Syracuse, and who was coached at the time by Doug Marone. Um, and that team, talent-wise, was not as good as West Virginia. 
but they whipped West Virginia up and down the field. Um, and I was impressed with Maroon and the fact that he went to Buffalo. And I think when he went to Buffalo, he saw the writing on the wall with the Pagulas, um, kind of meddling owners that don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, I think Maroon's a very, very good coach. And I think if he gets his players, um, I like his chances. I like the addition of Tom Coughlin in the, um, in the, uh, as the VP of player personnel. I like that move. Um, I think the sky's the limit, man, for this Jaguars team. And, and you notice how at the end of the year, they played really, really, really competitive ball. So, um, so um, a lot of people think I'm fucking nuts, but I love the hire. I do. Go Jags. Duncan, do you feel the same way? I wouldn't say I love, love it just because I just don't kind of similar to Lynn in San Diego. Um, he, I mean, he probably fit the bill to the best that Jacksonville would have realistically been able to get a coach um, and kind of keep, I guess, a little bit of momentum that they did have going from the end of the year, because for how, from what I saw and a couple of others who, Kind of, I talk with kind of regularly. Um, I might have been called crazy by some, but I thought the Jaguars uh, could and should have won that division this year. Um, just with how, I mean, Bortles, yeah, you could upgrade a little bit, but he's not completely, he's not golf. And so you at least have a little bit going there. Um, really talented receivers and a young, like, decent to good defense that just needs, um, just they needed a tweak. Up, up top, they need to tweak in the coaching position. And while they're not going to, you know, a, a coach can't completely turn around a franchise in a year, but I think they're going to be – you're going to see a better version of the Jaguars next year than you did this year, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the, the way Doc felt about the McVay signing is the way I feel about this signing. The Broncos hired Vance Joseph – from the Miami Dolphins, and maybe I'm missing something here, but I just don't see him as a head coach, at least not at this moment. I'll let Duncan start with this one. What do you think of the Broncos and Vance Joseph? Um, definitely see him still and probably will for a while as a defensive coordinator. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously he's going to be the head coach and not the defensive coordinator, so he's going to have – kind of the quote-unquote full reins of the team. But um, I I think he was brought in for one purpose, and that was to get probably the most talented defense who underperformed last year back to dominance. Um, regardless of what happens on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think he's going to really change too much. Um, got a couple of quarterbacks. I, I think I rate Simeon higher than a lot of other people do. I actually see him as – a decent slash competent quarterback, whereas others kind of see him as a complete disaster. Um, He needs more. He needs an extra second. Yeah. Which you shouldn't really need to be saying. Um, He's not gonna, he's not going to turn into Peyton Manning, um, you know, 2.0 or anything, but if they can get that defense backfiring um, like it was for the three years before this past year, then Denver's gonna they're gonna they're gonna give Kansas City and Oakland a run for their money. And I think um I think Joseph was brought in specifically to get that defense back to the top top or top three in the NFL. Yeah, no, I can see that making a lot of sense. Simeon he's definitely takes a lot of the flack for his ability, and I think it's ironic because he was a he was one of two quarterbacks at Northwestern. He wasn't even a full-time guy at Northwestern, yet yeah. he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I thought he did way better than I ever thought he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe, maybe that's exactly what he's going to do there. Uh, Doc, what do you think of Joseph in Denver? I hated it. I didn't like the move. I hate the, I hate the Broncos anyway, so good for them. <laughs> Fair enough. Short, sweet, to the point. like it. <laughs> Okay, um, and another one that kind of took me off guard, but I also don't know a lot about him, so that could do with it. Doc, what do you think of Sean McDermott to the Bills? He's going to be in our division, so fill me in. Um, I like I like McDermott higher. Um, he's um, done a pretty good job at Carolina. 
um, hit with a lot of injuries this year. Of course, the Panthers were. So um, McDermott's definitely deserving of a shot. And um, I, th- I like that, you know, I think he'll, he'll bring a sense of toughness to the Bills. Not like they didn't have a sense of toughness but because of Rex Ryan. I mean, they were a physical football team, but um, is a um, very deserving candidate um, out of um, – and Joseph, who we just discussed. Um, yeah, McDermott's a very, very good hire. I, 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 uh, but it's the Bills, so, you know. Yeah, as long as they have their continual quarterback issues in Buffalo, they will always be the Bills, in my opinion. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care who their head coach is. Duncan, what do you think of uh, McDermott in Buffalo? Uh, definitely the most deserving candidate, um, arguably on the market. Um, you could argue if who knows if Patricia is going to stay or go. It looks like he's going to stay, but there weren't too many coordinators across the league um, that were going to be available that were probably going to be more deserving of a head coaching position than McDermott. Um, I kind of feel bad for him at the at the team that he's going to, um, just because you know I just don't think it, it would take a very 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 special coach to succeed immediately in Buffalo and in today's NFL and in any sport for that matter, coaches have a limited amount of time. You can be the best candidate and you can, you know, have a really good vision for a few years, but if it doesn't happen in one or two years, you're going to be gone. Um, That's just kind of how it is. And I hope McDermott does well, but he's still going to be contending against the Patriots. Um, And obviously Miami has improved a lot. And so, He's going to have to finish higher than the Dolphins. I think for most people next year, immediately, for most people to see that as a successful hire, which sucks to say. And we all know that's not going to happen because, you know, it's the Dolphins and they're that good these days. So it's not going to happen. Last but not least, it looks like it's, if, you know, you believe the rumors, it looks like it's a done deal once the Falcons win the Super Bowl. Um, The Niners, Look to be hiring Mr. Shanahan. I got Doc's attention all of a sudden. <laughs> I was wondering if I'd get his attention. I just had to throw it out there. Um, looks like Shanahan is coming to the Bay Area, which I think is a phenomenal hire. It looked like it wasn't happening for a while. It looks like the Niners are going to make another bad decision, in my opinion, and getting the um, Jay's out or what, what's his name out of Seattle. Um, What's your guys' opinion if Shanahan is the man that comes to San Francisco, starting with you, Doc? Who the fuck would want to work for Jed York? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the first problem. York needs to get the fuck out of town. Yeah, um, I think it's a solid move, but who would want to who would want to work for Jed York? That's like that's like worse than working for Jim Irsay, the worst secret keeper in the world. Guy can't keep a meeting quiet for the life of him. Um, True. Um, he's another scumbag. But Jed York, no. Oh God, I think it's a great hire. But God bless him. <laughs> yeah, bless that's him. true. That's true. Duncan, got anything to say about Shanahan and the Niners, Duncan? <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, aside from McDermott, Shanahan was probably going to be a shoe in for a head coaching position this next year. It's kind of strange that it's kind of the, he's going to be the last one of the group to get it, but um, maybe San Francisco was just kind of where he wanted to go. So he kind of bided his time a little bit until that for sure was available. Um, Yeah. It's kind of a, it's another, it's another joke of a franchise, um, which is kind of sad to say with the history that San Francisco has in the league. But um, if Mike and Kyle go to be in operations and coaching in San Francisco, um, I think they're going to get um, a longer leash than most uh, people would be kind of going into a situation like that. And so I think you could see um, a complete rebuild without repercussions Um in terms of the coach getting an, a run at it. And so I think he's going to be fine. And honestly, I think San Francisco is going to start to claw their way back up the ranks here pretty soon. Yep. First, first step, get rid of Kaepernick and get a real quarterback, but whole nother story there. Moving on. Let's recap real quickly. 
the action that took place last weekend that leads us to our conference championship weekend. We'll start with Saturday's action, which went kind of as scheduled blowouts for the most part. Seattle at Atlanta. The Falcons stayed white hot, defending their homeland in the Dome, beating up on Seattle 36-20. to Doc scripted this one to a T. Um, Matt Ryan just keeps killing them. Falcons play defense. Seattle can't travel. Whatever you want to say about it pretty much happened. Doc, you called it, so I'll let you lead it off. Um, what are your takeaways from that one? Um, really, my only takeaway was that Seattle's uh, weaknesses were um, they, you know, they they were sh- they, they showed up big time. Um, they missed Earl Thomas. Um, their uh, their offensive line was a liability. Um, on the road, they're just not the same team. Um, and I kind of said before on my podcast with uh, Rainmaker that um, Atlanta is kind of the team that nobody's really talking about. And everybody's talking either about Dallas or about Green Bay. And I think people are talking about Atlanta now. And um, I kind of had my doubts about them going into the season. And I still had my doubts about them, like how good were they really were. But this team's firing on all cylinders, and they're um... yeah, uh, Duncan. What are you what are you taking away from that game? Uh, was it kind of a, a Seahawks just dud, or do you think it's just they ran into a juggernaut? Um, yeah, I kind of piggybacking on what Doc said. I think Seattle's. Um weaknesses were exposed um something was off and something is still a little off with Russell Wilson this year I know he had his knee injuries earlier on in the year but he seemed to be doing a little better as of late and then there were uh three times I remember in particular that he had Doug Baldwin absolutely wide open for touchdowns on all three that he missed um and and clutch type games he usually doesn't miss those throws um one of them he probably overthrew him by five yards when Baldwin was streaking down the middle with nobody around him um so that was kind of bad and then he missed kind of a touch pass down around the end zone uh to Baldwin as well which was you you rarely see from Russell and that kind of just epitomized um their season like a team that probably should have been contending for an NFC championship just absolutely getting trounced by a team that I'm a little higher on now. Um, Their offense was always going to score, but I've actually been most impressed with the transformation that Quinn has made to their defense. Um, They, that was always kind of the joke of Atlanta was, you know, you're going to have to, if you're going to, you're going to have to score a lot of points, but you're going to be able to score a lot of points. Um, And it seems like points are a little harder to come against them now than it was before Quinn got there. Yeah, in, uh, in that preview that Doc published uh, from all the guys at SD, in Rome's novel, Rome mentioned Quinn <laughs> quite a bit. And uh, on the last episode of Bench with Bubba, Rome got into Quinn and their defense. And it's so true that um, that's something that no one talks about, really. Atlanta, especially in that dome with that crowd, they bring the thunder with that defense. It's very, very underrated and not talked about much. But we'll get into that here shortly. Houston, New England. New England got it done 34-16, but it was not pretty. Um, Tom Brady a little rattled in the first half. One-point game at the half. Two interceptions in the first half. Um, he looked, uh, looked a little frazzled. Um, the Bill Belichick halftime presser was was a little Popovich-esque, a little Nick Sabany. Three questions, three identical answers. It, it was awesome. I appreciated it. It was probably the best thing the Patriots could have had happen. Belichick was actually probably enjoying it because now he had a whole week of you guys are horrible, that teaching moments. Um, Doc, it was your guys. Talk about it. Um, I kind of like the fact that they looked like shit. Um, They didn't play a full 60 minutes. um, It wasn't their best game of the year. So um, I'm sure Belichick's going to be hammering that all week, or he has been hammering it all week. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. 
Uh, Duncan, you got anything on that game? Um, yeah, even looking as awful as Houston did, they still did you know, a little better than I thought they would, mainly because they were gifted. They should have been gifted more points than they were, but they're just so inept on offense that they couldn't capitalize from starting on the Patriots' 30-yard line three or four times. Um, and so, I mean, that just – Patriots were always going to cover. They were always going to destroy them. Um, they could have been losing at halftime, and they still would have covered the spread. It would have mattered. Um, but I think it was more – not laziness or unpreparedness because you know they're not lazy and weren't unprepared, but I think they just didn't want – as crazy as it is to say in a playoff game, I don't think New England wanted to fully turn it on until they had to. And unfortunately, they had to. Um, I think they could have coasted, but just a few early mistakes, um, a couple of bad fumbles, tip, both interceptions I think were tipped, um, and those can go anywhere. And so they just happened to get intercepted, and so they just kind of had to turn it on when they probably shouldn't have needed to. Well, and one of those, I believe, if not both, but one for sure was um, directed at uh, Mr. DUI. So that might be um, that might be just timing issues, which could be big for practice now, maybe him and Tommy Boy, more time together, get things on t- track. This could actually be a very, very good thing for the Patriots going forward here. And – a very scary thing for the rest of us that don't appreciate the things Doc does. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, those, those teachable moments, they say. Moving on, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, 18-16. Steelers survive and advance thanks to six Boswell field goals. Alex Smith missed two-point conversion. Everyone is loving to blame Alex Smith, Andy Reid, whatever. Uh, Duncan, do you blame Andy Reid or do you blame Alex Smith for this? Um, both, I guess. Um, because they, yeah. you know, they, they honestly did just about everything that they needed to do to win, um, and they didn't. They kept Bell and Brown out of the end zone. Um, they buckled down in the red zone. Uh, They made it hard for Pittsburgh to march the full length of the field. They made them kick field goals um, and they did score a couple of touchdowns. And so that normally in a low scoring bad weather AFC championship game, that would have been good enough, but a couple of bad decisions um, when you're losing, it's hard to to, to dink and dunk your way all the way down the field um, with, with Mr. Checkdown King, Alex Smith. Um, and I just, I think if anything, this game just goes to show, um, how bad the AFC actually is and was this year, aside from new England. Um, like if I was ranking the top six teams in the NFL, new England would be the only AFC team probably in the top six. Um, and so maybe Pittsburgh will show up because they normally do in big games, but I think if anything, this kind of goes to show the next level above almost everyone, everyone else in the AFC that, that, uh, that New England is. Well, yeah, most, most of the season in all the power rankings and even when the playoffs were, were seated, everyone pretty much said you could just skip right ahead to, to Pittsburgh-New England title game. We already knew we had a great idea this is what was going to happen. These were the two best teams. I remember multiple times Doc and I – would do a bench with Bubba and we'd rank our top whatever teams. And those were pretty much the only two we'd have in there. Um, Doc, do you have any takeaways from this game besides it's pretty impressive. Like Duncan said, Bell can have 172 on the ground and not find the end zone and you still lose a football game. Yeah. Um, uh, man, you know, Kansas city, um, they were a really, really good team. Um, I thought maybe this year they could really make some noise in the playoffs, but same, same thing, same, same old, same old. So um, I, um, not only can you blame Andy Reid, not only can you blame Alex Smith, but what about like, I think the the um, Travis Kelty, Kelsey's hit, hit that penalty he had was huge. Um, yeah, that was, he's a high head man. 
Um, but uh, we all expected it. So um, it's just Kansas City should have cashed in, and they couldn't. So yeah. Well, let's get to the granddaddy of them all. One of the best um, football games, playoff games I've seen in a long time. Might not have been the cleanest. The officiating was horrific. Um, ended up being pretty bad on both sides by the time it was said and done. Um, maybe some worse than others. In the end, Green Bay 34-31, big kicks down at the end, scores, changes galore. Does either side, you're on. It was a great game. Um, I'll let you start with the Duncan since you had a horse in the race. Give us your takeaways from this game. Uh, I know people might be surprised with something you're about to say, but I'll let you take it away. Um, yeah, I mean, I think – um, aside from a little bit of what looked like a sluggish start in the first quarter, um, I really don't think that Dallas could have played much better. Um, I was actually very kind of proud of the way that they did play. Um, obviously, you want to see a little, a little bit more from the defense, but Aaron Rodgers just put up 35 points against the number one defense in football last week. Uh, the New York Giants. And so holding him under 35, I thought was actually a win because I think if Dallas was going to win, they were going to have to score more than 30 points and they were going to have to be the last team to have the ball. Um, It doesn't matter if there's five minutes or 30 seconds. If you give Rogers a chance with two timeouts, he's almost always going to capitalize. It doesn't matter who he's playing. It doesn't matter how good the defense is. It doesn't matter if he has a couple of high school JV wide receivers out there, he's, he's just going to get it done. Um, and that's just kind of what happened again this week. Um, I will say Green Bay has been uh, – it was always kind of painful for me to say, but Green Bay was has been my Super Bowl pick for a long time now. Uh, pretty much ever since Rodgers said, we're going to run the table, I was like, he's going to run the table. Um, and he's done it so far. Um, I was a lot of Dallas fans were super confident and a lot of um, kind of the talking heads on ESPN were, were super confident that Dallas was going to get it done. But I had not been more worried about a game than I had been before this one. Um, and it was a great game. It really was. Um, I really thought that they were actually going to take a late lead whenever Dak was driving there at the end. Um, he made some really, really good plays. Um, if you want to bring up Romo, I don't know how much more Romo could have actually done in that game. I thought Dak played absolutely amazing aside from a one bad, slow interception in that first quarter when it was at second and one, they should have run it with Zeke right up the middle. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but when you're on the far hash throwing to the other side with the corner, anticipating it, you know, that was always going to be a pick. So aside from that, I'm not sure how much better he could have played. He put that one ball right on Bryce Butler's hands in the end zone, and he just didn't catch it. So, you know, hats off to Green Bay. They they did what they needed to do, and anytime you give Rodgers a chance, even if it's a small chance, uh, he's usually going to take advantage. Doc, what would you have to say about this game? If I'm a Dallas fan, um, I would be saying I'd be uh, very enthused about the future. Um, you have your franchise quarterback. You have your franchise running back. Um, you have the best offensive line in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a good staff, um, good defensive coordinator. I think um, Marinelli is just one of those guys that gets players to um, – he gets everything out of his players. Um, I've always respected him as a coach. He's a very good coach, um, coordinator. Um my thinking is as much time as Rogers had, man, did they miss Randy Gregory? What if Randy Gregory was playing? Um, I think he could have been the difference. I think he could have pushed him over the, over the hump, but, um, and that's unfortunate, but I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Jerry Jones look at the pass rush in the off season, upgrade that. Um, this team gets a pass rush. They're going to be very, very yep. good. Very hard to beat. 
Yep. No, that's that's dead on. Uh, the future is very bright in Dallas. The offense is good to go. Uh, a few pieces tweaked on the defense, and things will be just fine. Jerry World will have a lot to celebrate in the near future. Yep. Totally agree. Yep. The only thing I'd recommend is a how-to clock management guide for the ginger. <laughs> that would be my that would be my uh, my winter reading requirement for the ginger. Yeah, I think I, I I think you can say that for probably thirty of the thirty-two NFL coaches as well. That and um, how to run the damn ball with one of the best running backs in all of football. Yeah. I know they were trying to do things that weren't expected, but at some point you just have to do the expected and expect to produce. It's just, it's just, and I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but when you have a guy that he can fall forward for two to three yards every time he touches the ball and it's just like, just just give him the damn football. But well, I digress. Let's give the people what they're turning, tuning in for. Let's give them their NFL conference championship previews. That's what you guys are here for. I've already probably talked too much. Let's get right at it. Let's start with the NFC Conference Championship game. The Green Bay Packers out of the NFC North heading to Hotlanta. Atlanta Falcons out of the NFC South. Everybody said the South was down this year, that the Falcons were a fluke. You guys already mentioned you've become believers, and I have too. They've shown that they can ball. Uh, Both these offenses are hot as hell. The line currently is Atlanta minus five. The over-under I saw was at 60 and a half, I believe, which is one of the highest, if not the highest, in conference championship history. Um, It'll be the final game in the Georgia Dome, so it will be rocking. You'll see the the guy from uh, the Pink Panther on the sideline for the Falcons. It's going to be great. Um, We'll start with Doc. Give us a little breakdown of uh, what you think the Green Bay Packers' strengths and weaknesses are in this game. Um, their strength, I think, is their offensive line and the, and the amount of time they give Rodgers. Um, I really, really take a look at the, the Giants game, and – I think it all it's all summed up to the whole Giants game. It all kind of snowballed after the Hail Mary. I think everything just fell apart for New York. But I think one of the key things about that game was the fact that they lost Dominic Rogers Cromartie. And um, after he went out, the pressure on Rogers stopped. And they stopped getting Rogers, and it, and that, that's the thing you got to get the you got to get the Aaron Rodgers. Um, Bakhtari, um, God, what's his other name? I can't think of the other guy's name. Um, Balaga? Balaga, just Balaga, correct. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um, just, you know, their offensive line play is just ridiculous um, when it comes to uh, pass protection. Um, you know, so the strength is, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Um, their receivers, their unlimited amount of receivers, they got – Jordy Nelson, who's not going to play. Adams is banged up. You got Randall Cobb, uh, Janice. Uh, Jared Cook is a huge target who just really, really came up really big. And then you got Richard Rodgers. Um, they just got – I mean, they got a lot of playmakers, a lot of uh, team, a lot of players that can um, do different things. Ty Montgomery's another guy. Um, you know, their defense, they make the stops when they have to. Um they got a decent pass rush with Matthews and Peppers. Um, got a pretty solid defensive line. Um, secondary is banged up. Um, I don't know if Morgan Burnett's going to play, but that's a hit if he doesn't play. Um, I think Atlanta's got the the talent on defense to get the Rodgers. I think they got the, the pass rush to do so. Um, they had the guy that led the league in sacks this year, Vic Beasley Jr. Um, also uh, – um, Brooks Reed, um, pretty effective pass rusher. Um, I think in order to beat Atlanta, Green Bay is going to have to be, they're going to have to be balanced in offense. I think, um, 
one thing that misses that 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 Denver the Denver defense missed this year was Tyson Jackson. Very under the radar kind of signing. I mean, it really wasn't under the radar, but um, um, no, no, I'm sorry, not Tyson Jackson. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm thinking of another guy, but man, I'm all screwed up. Anyway, um, I think this Atlanta defense is is better than people give him credit for. The fact that they're statistically they're not that great because teams are always passing against them because they're always playing catch up, you know. Um, I think people got to look at it that way. Um, I think one guy that is, is in store for a big game is Tevin Coleman. Um, I just think Atlanta is like they were back in um, you know the the greatest show on turf days. Um, on turf, they're they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous at home. Dan Quinn very familiar with the Green Bay team. Um, as he was very f- familiar with the Seattle team. I think a lot of people forgot about that um, last weekend, but um, ultimately I think Atlanta's success to get the Rodgers, and I think they will. Um, I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I don't think Green Bay is going to be able to score on every drive. And Green Bay stopping Atlanta is – can Green Bay's defense stop Atlanta, which I don't think they can consistently. Um, both teams take care of the football very well, very, very well. Um, and they force turnovers as well. But, man, I I, I know everybody's going to be on this Green Bay team, um, and I can see why you like them and stuff. But I think the road ends here. Um, I think Atlanta is that team that nobody was talking about. And I think we're really going to see how good they are on Sunday, and I, I expect them to advance to the Super Bowl. Hey, Duncan, uh, how do you, uh, strength and weakness-wise in this game, how do you see it breaking down? Uh, yeah, I mean, those were uh, pretty much um, the, the, the same bullet points. Um, how, how, how is Green Bay secondary? Will it be like a, a number three, four, and five guy back there trying to defend Julio Jones and Sanu and Gabriel and whatever that tight end's last name is that I can't pronounce and just everyone Coleman out of the backfield and Freeman and I just I mean I love I love I love the way Rodgers is playing but I just don't see how Atlanta doesn't score 35 or more points um it they're I just at, at every position not every position on almost every position Atlanta's offense versus Green Bay's defense, aside from maybe two out of 11, I would say Atlanta has the advantage. Um, And that's just not something that you want to see from Green Bay. But on the flip side, um, yeah, it's, it's still, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Even if he gets pressured, he may be better when he's pressured than when he's not pressured. Um, Now, if he gets sacked, that's a different story, but if he's just pressured and can escape and is running all over the place, I think he throws on the run better than probably any quarterback in the history of the NFL. Um, and so don't, don't take that away, but if he's actually getting sacked, it's going to be hard, but if he's just getting pressure, but is able to escape it, um, I still also think green Bay is going to come close to scoring 35 points. So um, sidewise um, I'm going to roll. It's been what, 10, 10 weeks now that I've kind of been on the green Bay train and, um, so I'm going to go, I think Atlanta has the matchups that you would prefer, but I'm going to go with Rogers, um, in this one in a very, very close game. I think if he has the ball last, they're going to be within seven points and he's going to either tie it or, or win it. Um, but regardless, I kind of, even though it's one of the highest totals in the history of the NFL, I think this game flies over. Doc, what do you have in this one? Doc? I think Atlanta covers. Yeah, Atlanta. You have any prop bets you like? Uh no, no. I didn't I didn't see any at all that I liked. Every if, posted player's total yards take the over. <laughs> if you yeah. I'll 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 let either of you take this one. Um and you can take it for Green Bay or Atlanta or both. Um 
just shout out a name. And it can't – and I don't want Rodgers or Ryan. Don't give me the obvious one. Like, just start with Green Bay. If Green Bay wins, give me a guy that – give me the re, a guy that no one's thinking of is the reason they'll win besides Rodgers, like a surprise guy that's going to be the guy that helps them win. Jared Cook, not a surprise, but he's going to have the ball. Okay. Jeff Janis. What about for, Janice? What about for the Falcons besides besides Matty Ice and, and Julio Jones? Give me somebody else. Uh, Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I would say Coleman. Uh, since he said Coleman, I'm going to go with uh, Muhammad Sanu. Sanu, that's I like that one. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the AFC Championship game. This one is very intriguing to me because. I'm not even trying to be a New England hater. I think New England wins. I have a lot of respect for New England. I dislike New England, but it's more of a rivalry thing. Like, I dislike the Dodgers. Um, I respect the shit out of them. They're a very good football team, very good franchise. Um, This Pittsburgh-New England, they have a pretty decent rivalry going, especially in the playoffs in the postseason history. Um, They're facing off. The line is Pittsburgh plus six, New England minus six, however you want to go about it. Over-under is 50. Um, I want to just throw something out here. This season, Pittsburgh has now been gone five and zero on revenge games. This season, five and zero straight up. Um, and Brady in his career versus Mike Tomlin, six games, he's five and one, seventy one point two completion percentage, averages three hundred and fifteen yards per game, nineteen touchdowns to zero interceptions, one hundred and eighteen QB rating. Averages 33.3 points per game. Um, Doc, you are the Patriots fan. I'll let you start with this one. Um, man, this is a this is a scary matchup. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, man, the fact that New England hasn't played anybody in a while. Um, they haven't played a really top-quality team in a while. Um, I believe the best team they've played in the past 10 weeks, I would say. It's probably Baltimore. Um, you can throw the Pittsburgh game out the window because that didn't have Landry Jones, and um, Pittsburgh wasn't as healthy um, as they are now. Pittsburgh's defense, um, very good front seven. Um I love their linebackers. I think they're the the most solid linebacking core in the league. Um, Dupree is just a hammer, um, as Matt Moore found out. Um, Timmons, very versatile. Uh, can uh, good against the run. Um, can pat, rush the passer as well. Ryan Shazier, who um, is just a phenomenal athlete. Um, He's great in coverage, um, good run stopper, very physical, good tackler. And um, James Harrison, found a youth, great pass rusher, um, good run stopper. The um, their secondary, a little lacking. Uh, Burns, he's kind of a liability, I think. Ah, uh, man, when it comes to New England and their, their defense, how they're going to stop Pittsburgh, I, I don't know. But it's going to be one of those weird Belichick game plans to where think of um, you know when they when they go against these these backs that can run and catch out of the backfield and are just like a a matchup nightmare. Usually they let them run wild. Bill Belichick did when he was the defensive coordinator for the Giants. That game plans in the Super Bowl in order to win. Thurman Thomas had to run for 150 yards, something like that. And they thought he was crazy, but that's the way they wanted to do it. Um, New England's defense has gotten better as the season has gone on. Um, Very solid on the interior. Uh, Malcolm Brown, very disruptive. Um, Trey Flowers, uh, pretty good uh, pass rusher. Um, Chris Long, Ninkovich at the ends, they're, they're pretty solid. Um, 
High Hightower's been amazing this year. I think he's really stepped up as the leader of that defense. Um, their secondary is very intelligent. They make good decisions. Um, Butler's becoming a really, really solid pro. Um, McCordy and Harmon, um, the Rutgers guys, uh, Logan Ryan. Ryan's really good in man, but when he gets in, when he's in zone coverage, he get kind of gets lost. Um, man, I think the Patriots win this. I don't know if I'm betting on the game, <laughs> but if I had to, I'd probably take the points mm-hmm. because I like my wallet more. I'm gonna stay away from the game, or I might just root for points and take the over, but. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very, very good, solid football game. Um, I think the fact that what I like about New England is their coordinators. I think Patricia, as Dee mentioned earlier, Patricia's deserving a job. Patricia's, uh, he's, he's become such an intelligent defensive coordinator. He's so, the way he mixes up personnel and the way he, he calls calls the defense is amazing it's it's like mini Belichick he's very very good um both teams are really good in situational football so I think it's going to come down a couple key plays whoever turns the ball over um but I do expect the Patriots to be really really sharp on offense um I expect Pittsburgh to blitz Brady through up the middle kind of like what Houston did with Clowney um but I think New England wins, I'm thinking 34 to 29. So you like the over. I do like the over. Duncan, what is your your hot take on this battle in New England? Um, I think if I was a Patriots fan, I think – it would be similar to, since I'm a Cowboys fan, Green Bay was the one team that I didn't want to play. I would have rather have gone to Atlanta than hosted Green Bay. Um, and I think while it's a, it's not as pronounced, this I think most Patriots fans, the one team they didn't want to see was probably Pittsburgh, if I had to guess, um, from the AFC. Yep. And, and while I say that, uh, if I if I was a Patriots fan, being a neutral in this game, um, I don't see any reason as to why New England shouldn't win by double digits. If I'm being completely honest, um, they're gonna, it, it, you know, you saw obviously maybe a little bit better defense in Kansas City, but they found a way to keep. Um, the playmakers out of the end zone. And while they may not do that totally, um, I think um, the the way New England exposed Houston on defense, yeah, they did get that one kind of late touchdown once they had already pretty much won the game. Um, But who I think is probably the second or third best defense in the league, I think think Deion Lewis is going to run wild out of the backfield. Um, I think I, I do like the Pittsburgh secondary a little bit, but I think Edelman is going to give them fits. Um, not long, big plays, but I think just over and over and over again, he's going to absolutely give them fits. Um, and I think that Ben is going to throw obviously more interceptions than Brady does. Um, Brady had his rusty game. Uh, though, yeah, they were both tipped, but he wasn't quite on all the way. But I think, um, I, you know, I just kind of don't see a way as to New England doesn't. I won't say win comfortably, but it, I think it would take a absolutely spectacular game from Pittsburgh with the same New England team you saw in the first half against Houston for an upset to happen. All right, interesting. I'm not saying I couldn't see it happening. I just I don't know. It's just something when these teams meet, it's just one of those, like I gave you Brady's numbers, how he owns, he owns Tomlin at the same time. It's just, it feels like one of those old school smash mouth, like heavyweight fights, whether it's going to smack each other back and forth, 
maybe not physical, physical, but it's going to be tight. And I can see the Patriots. It, it feels like it's going to be one of those Alabama games where it's tight. And then the Patriots cover in like the last like eight minutes of the game. And they win by like 10 to 14, like you're saying, Duncan, but it's like tight for like three and a half quarters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then they like, just I, like, said, like I don't, like, I don't think it's going to be, a, yeah, it's not going to be a comfortable win, but I, I do think it will be convincing at the end. I, I could see that. Okay. Well, so you like, so basically you're saying like Lewis and Edelman would kind of be your X factors for new England. Um, yeah, or whatever. Whoever yeah. they have to line up at tight end, because I, I don't think Bennett is going to be able to play. Doc may have, have more info than me. Who 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 would be your X factor for New England, Doc? Martellus Bennett. Is he playing? Yes, he's going to play. He okay, should. he better. That helps. <laughs> if 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 Pittsburgh wins, D, who is their X factor, and not Bell or Brown, obviously. Um. If Pittsburgh wins, it's gonna have to be the front four. That that it's just the only option. They don't have an option outside of pressuring and sacking the hell out of Brady. That's a good answer. What are you thinking, Doc? I know you don't want to pick against your boys, but just for 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 conversation's sake, if if Pittsburgh pulls it off, who do you think? What do you think the reason is? Sammy Coates. Yeah, another Clemson guy. It would only be fitting that Clemson takes down another juggernaut. He was Auburn. All right. He's Auburn. Auburn. He was Auburn. That's right. That is my fault completely. That is my fault. <laughs> well, Auburn took down. Hey, I, Bama I, will, I will say. I will say one thing. Yes. I will say one thing about. Um, I loved. I actually watched Belichick's press conference um, uh, this week, and they said that, that rookie reporter said, uh, what do you think about the home field advantage? <laughs> that was amazing. And Belichick said, uh, when we asked Dallas and Kansas City. That was outstanding. Say this. New England does not, when it comes to crowd noise, does not have a tremendous home field advantage. They really don't. No. The only home field advantage they really have is at halftime, they go right to their locker room from the sideline as to where Pittsburgh has to walk across the field and go to the locker room. So they get like an extra three minutes. Hmm. Yeah, no, I've noticed it's not really the loudest, raucous I mean, environment. There. It's it's really not. I've been in Pittsburgh against the Patriots, and I've been um, in Gillette many, many times. And Pittsburgh is by far a louder environment. Well, we shall see. So D's got New England – Doc, if you had to, Pitt, but you like the over in the NFC game, D's got Green Bay in the over. Doc's got Atlanta, so we got a little mix and match in both these games. Um, real quick, we'll skip over something. We'll come back to it. Duncan, give me your Super Bowl prediction. Green Bay beats New England 34-31. You dick. <laughs> 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 the Patriots beat the Falcons. I'm going to say 37 to 34. Ooh, I love them. Both close games. I, I'm down for any of those good, close Super Bowls. All right, let's do a little rapid fire. Do about 10 seconds on each answer from you guys. Um, we'll do a little NFL awards prediction. I know it's they announced them at the Super Bowl, but – I don't know when we'll get back at this, so let's rock and roll with these. Offensive MVP, who do you got on this one, Doc? Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. I thought Duncan? I thought Matt Ryan I thought Matt Ryan was washed hmm. up, but um it turns out he just needed more time in Shanahan system. Guy's been super consistent. Yeah, he's been very good. Duncan, who do you got for offensive MVP? Um, I have Matt Ryan in a different award, and so I'm going with David Johnson. David Johnson, well-deserving as well. Okay, Doc, what do you have for defensive MVP? I'm sorry? What do you have for defensive MVP? Man, this was a tough one. 
I wanted to say Khalil Mack, but I'm going with Landon Collins from the Giants. Interesting. Khalil Mack was was a stud, but so was Landon Collins. Can't completely argue there. 100, 100 solo tackles, four sacks, five interceptions. That's a beast. Duncan, who do you have for defensive MVP? Yeah, I didn't think Doc would pick Collins because I'm, I'm going Landon Collins as well. Ooh, we have a unanimous. Outstanding. Outstanding. Doc, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Zeke. Okay, let's see if we can do this again. Duncan? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, his, I, the closest I, competition I, was his teammate, so. Right. Okay, well, you go first. Duncan, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Jalen Ramsey. Who do you got, Doc? A guy I was totally, totally wrong about. Joey Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. He was really good. Really, really good. Uh, Duncan, who do you have for the coach of the year? Um, until recently, mine's actually changed, actually, in the last week. Um, it was a tie between Garrett and Del Rio in the regular season, but uh, Dan Quinn has jumped for me to my coach of the year. He won't get it, but he's my coach of the year. Doc? I just want to – why don't you guess? Oh, <laughs> I mean, God. Is it the hoodie? It's the hoodie, isn't right. it? I just, I just want are, to are – Are you on to next week? I just, you on to the next question? No. Uh, no, I just want to say this real quick. I got my hoodie. <laughs> um, with what he did without Brady for the first four games, then he lost Garoppolo mm-hmm. on a short week with Jacoby Brissett, Shut out the Houston Texans, which I know is not hard to do. And I know he has a talented roster, but 14 and 2 with four games without Brady, it's got to be the greatest coach of all time. He's going to win. He's going to win. I just want to pick someone else. Hey, you you want to know something <laughs> real quick? You want to know something real quick? And you can call me a Patriots hater all you want. He would have had Brady if he didn't deflate footballs and, you know, film other teams and stuff like that. You a hater, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Doc, who's your player of the year? <laughs> Fuck you, Goodell. Tom Brady. <laughs> Doc, who's your player of the year? Tom Brady. Oh, Jesus. And this, uh, Duncan? Um, yeah, Matt Ryan sold me recently. I... I think Brady – well, actually, I do think Matt Ryan's going to win. Um, I think, aside from last week, I would have voted for Brady for the regular season. Um, but to see Matty Ice do it in a playoff game was nice for me. Yeah, uh, I think Brady and Ryan are uh, taking care of business. I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers gets some some love. just depends if these voters take into consideration postseason or not. Like they're, I don't believe they're supposed to, but we'll see. Uh, no, they're not supposed to. I don't think Rodgers has to be honest. Yeah, he shouldn't, but he has been amazing. Um, well, that wraps it up. That was outstanding. Covered coaching changes, recap of last week, broke down Sunday's outstanding matchups. Um, any last words, Duncan? Um, go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> Doc, any last words before you uh, probably bunker down for your big uh, big weekend? <laughs> uh, I'll be watching the AFC Championship from a casino because um, it's my wife's 40th birthday this weekend. So, Woo! happy birthday, honey. Um, <laughs> go Patriots. Doc, that's, <laughs> Doc, that's ironic because I'll be at a casino watching one as well. I'll be at a bachelor party at a casino oh, watching man. Watching the conference championship <laughs> weekend, so it'll be a little little different situation, but I'll be doing the same thing. Yeah, good. If luck. I see, Al- maybe I'll see Alan Boston at Foxwoods. Who knows? Oh, so you'll see a little more fun. I'll be I'll be in Reno. 
Uh, so you'll be, it will be different situations, but yeah. Very nice. But uh, guys, thanks for joining me. Um, everybody, you can find Duncan on the Twitter at power D picks. You can find doc at positive underscore big. You can check us out at the sports DGens. Everybody. Thanks for joining us. This was benched with Bubba episode 17 until next time. We'll catch you guys later. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks. The most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.